It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Baby, oh man, this is this is special. I, we have the special song. Exactly. This Come is on. my first. This is my maiden voyage in, in the Go Birds, you know, cocoon. Yes. That you guys exist in. Well, uh, I told James, I was like, look, we're obviously sad. James Seltzer is not in today. Still here at the beautiful Parks Casino. Yeah. Always a good time. But as you look, all Temple does is just bang That's out right. talent. You know, we just take one Temple guy out, bring another one in. <laughs> we're we'll deep. Talk, we'll talk sports. Squad deep, Elliot. Exactly. As yes. we say, yes, we are here at Parks Casino, just outside the sports book, 2999 Street Road, Ben Salem, PA. I am Rob Ellis, in for James Seltzer, along with ESP, Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, James uh, and Jack Fritz will do a little meet and greet today down at they're, Citizens they're, they're Bank They're big, Park. big names. They're now, huge. You know? they're, they're, they're too cool for us, exactly. I, so. I've heard there's rumors they're charging for autographs. I don't know if we're lucky. If we're lucky, they'll, they'll give us a small discount. That's correct, man. Yeah, and, and obviously Philly's just on a massive run yeah. here for sure. And, and yeah, look, if Philly's call comes up, we, 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 could, we could make it happen. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, 215-592-9494. That's how you jump on. So, Elliot, I was excited when I when I got the uh, got the call to jump in with you because I, you know, we're coming off OTAs because we're about to enter the – the, probably the quietest stretch of the NFL season. Sadly, yeah, I, the only you. six weeks of the NFL calendar where there's hopefully not much going on. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's usually like bad off the field exactly. Stuff yeah, if there is something. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But that's the genius of the NFL because it is almost 12 months a year. You know, 365, yeah. etc. So you were down at OTAs this week, and I, 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 get, I truly enjoy. Your live tweets. Thank I enjoy you. the stats. I yeah. enjoy seeing how Hertz looks and a couple deep balls this way. I, I love all that. I'm well, it's geek. my. I mean, I've said this before uh, to James all the time. I mean, practice is my happy place. Like <laughs> I love to go down there and track the stats. So now we've had two practices, and I know we'll get into this. Yeah. Normally, I'm tracking a lot more than two. Normally, it's four, five, six practices. But when you only practice six times, you know, there's just not as much opportunity. But yeah, I've been down there two times now. Was here uh, last Tuesday, I believe, and. 
once again, man, Jalen Hurts looks good. He looks really good down there. And, of course, I know we have to fall, you know, say everything with Jalen this time of year has to come with the, well, it's seven on seven. There's no right. pass rush. It's practice. It's shorts. There's no pads. Breaking news. We all know that. Anyone that wants to call in, you can say it all you want. We know that that's what happened. I was there. I saw it. I know there was no pass rush. But he looked really good. And when you look at his two practices now, I had him down as 20 of 25, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I believe he ended with maybe four passes over uh, or four completions over 40 yards. So he was much more aggressive with the deep ball. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think when we've talked about the Eagles and we don't get a chance to talk a ton, so mm-hmm. I want to hear your perspective on the team. But the biggest question with Jalen, with this team has been if Jalen's good, they'll be good. That's what everybody says. The roster is good. This, Jalen's been good. And so to see him now do it two practices in a row, you can see the improvement. Nick Sirianni talks about it. It's been encouraging to see how, how he's looked. You, you know what's fascinating about this team? And I, I talked about this before, but I, I'm curious where you stand. When we look at the upgrades that they made, which they've made very significant upgrades, yeah, it always gets back to, all right. And, and th- by the way, this isn't wrong, the assessment here that people come to, but it, it basically it comes down to, okay, well, now that he's got the weapons, we're going to really find out what Jalen Hurts is all about. It's weird that we don't talk about the head coach in those same terms. Yeah. You know, you think about it, if it was Andy Reid, if it was Doug Peterson, Chip, whatever, we could go through the whole list. They're usually first. If they're not first, they're right there in the conversation with any quarterback who's here. But for some reason, Nick's sort of in the background when we had that discussion. First off, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's just the nature of the uh, the position Jalen plays, right? I mean, you look at the, the quarterback spot, especially here in Philly, it's always going to be under a microscope. But I also think part of it is when Jalen was drafted, and this was because of Carson, but when Jalen was drafted, the Eagles pretty much said flat out, he's a backup. Yeah. Like, that's what he is. So I feel like with Jalen, there's always this extra level of having to prove yourself. When Nick was hired, you know, he was not their first choice, but – he was hired ultimately, and they had to do the thing of this is the guy we always wanted. We believe in him. And, look, he he had a good rookie year, right? Like, I think he exceeded expectations last year. But you're right that Jalen did too. But when you talk about the 2022 season and, like, how it's going to play out, who has the most pressure on him, I do think you're right that I think a lot of people would say Jalen, but let's not lie. Like, that pressure's on Nick as well. They've handed him an outstanding roster. You mentioned the Phillies and how, you know, clearly they're the hottest team in, in the city right now. Joe Girardi was handed an awesome roster to a lot of degrees. Yes, the bullpen needed help, all those things. But the team was underperforming. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument the Eagles roster is better than the Phillies roster, right? In terms of, like, I, I, I think skill it's, position it's players, much more offensive complete. line, defense. Yes, yeah. it's much more complete, right? So if this team doesn't come out and they don't start 4-1, and 5-1, and one, like if they don't get off to that hot start, yeah, Nick's going to be under a ton of pressure. Yeah, no question. I mean, especially if the offense looks decent and that's the case because then it's going to take some of that heat off of Hurts. But it is, it's a unique year because, Elliot, we know when you're – I didn't think they'd be this aggressive. I thought that they would do some things, some obvious upgrades, but they went above and beyond what I thought was going to happen here. It is teed up here in a much better way for Jalen Hurts. There's no question about that. You're down there. Yeah. I wasn't down there this past week. And a lot of times, players are always going to support their own and say, basically, hey, we, you know, this guy's working hard. You, you know, watch. He's going to be good. It, I feel like it's a little bit deeper with some of these guys. Dallas Goddard, being an example, effusive praise to the mm-hmm. point where I'm saying to myself, this feels a little bit more. I'm talking of Hurts. This is a little bit deeper than what you usually get. Yeah. I, do you feel like these guys really do believe in him? Yeah, so I will say the one thing that – well, there's a lot of obviously bad sides of, of the pandemic, but the fact that I haven't been in the locker room, it's been a little tougher to see how he interacts with teammates off the field. 
But when I'm down there, I see, you know, I practice how they interact. I see how they talk about him at the podium. It's not fake, right? I think, like, with sometimes with Carson, there was a little bit of he's the quarterback, so he's the captain, right? right. Like, that just kind of is what it is. When you, I think with Jalen, they genuinely feel that way. I mean, Dallas worked out with him this offseason, you know, I think in, in California. Like, mm-hmm. they want to go and work with Jalen. You look at last offseason – Quez was doing it. Jalen Rager was doing it. Uh, Devontae, I believe, was down there at times. So they definitely rally behind Jalen. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, we can debate Jalen all we want, and we certainly do on the station quite a bit. In that locker room, I don't think there's the same questions about him. Like, I don't believe that those guys go out and say, man, the biggest question with this team is the quarterback. I think they just go out and go, we have the guy. It's just a matter of going out and getting it done. No question. I, I, I get that sense that these guys do believe him. There, there was a lot of things that, that came out this past week. It was interesting, even dating back to the softball game, the celebrity softball yeah. game last week. I thought the comments from A.J. Brown were interesting, and I, I don't disagree with it, but he basically said, look, Devontae Smith's going to have a monster year. A, the kid's talented. But B, I'm going to get all the pressure here. They're, they're all going to be focused on me, which means he's going to get the twos here. Yeah. He should be able to tear it up. I thought it was interesting the way he put that. Yeah, and well, I think also, you know, he, he – I don't want to say he's putting pressure on Devontae, but he's kind of giving Devontae a tip of the cap and saying, like, look, man, you're going to be at number twos now, and you're a number one. And it's kind of a leader move. Yeah, and that's what Devontae is. Devontae, I believe, is a number one receiver. Like, he showed that last year. To put up the numbers he did in an offense that didn't pass the ball a ton, especially the second half of the year, was impressive. And A.J.'s right. Like, if you're an opposing defense, you're coming into this uh, game against Eagles, and you're going, all right, we have to figure out how to stop A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae's probably third on that list, mm-hmm. whereas last year, Devontae was probably number one, right? Devontae was the guy that defenses went in saying, I mean, besides the running game, you know, Devontae's the guy we have to kind of keep in check. Now that safety probably is sh- shading over to A.J. Brown's side. They are worrying about Goddard underneath. And Devontae's going to get a lot more single coverage against number two corners than he got last year. You could year. take it a step further and say the first thing teams are probably going to do is take the run away. Like if I'm Detroit – I'm saying, all right, I'm going to stop this run. Then i got to worry about A.J. Brown. Then i got to worry about Dallas Goddard. Then I have to worry about Devontae Smith. I, yeah. I mean, that, that sets up pretty nicely for See, a guy but, who had a, like, a year last year. And when I hear you say that, what I think is kind of what you, you opened with a little bit, there is a lot of pressure on Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. because when you just go through what you did, which is they have A.J. Brown, they have Devontae Smith, they have Dallas Goddard, they have a running game they can believe in. And let's be honest, they have maybe the best offensive line in the league, which is what every head coach wants. Like when you're building your offensive scheme, the first thing you have to worry about is protecting the pocket, protecting the passer. And Nick really doesn't have to worry about that. He has Jeff Stoutland. They have the offensive line talent to do it. So maybe should there be more pressure on Nick than Jalen? Like with Jalen, there's the the built-in pressure of next year is kind of a contract year for him because he'll be you know eligible for an extension. He probably doesn't get another year. Like I would say his leash at this point is probably long, uh, shorter than yeah. Sirianni's. But ultimately, Nick is being handed a team that this time last year was viewed as one of the worst in the league, and now all of a sudden is expected to potentially compete for the number one seed. Like. That is a lot of pressure on a guy that's only coached, you know, seven or 18 games in, in his entire life. 215-592-9494, you can hop on. It, the, the pressure on Nick Sirianni and why we tend to, it feels like we're looking a lot more at Jalen Hurts than we are Sirianni. Do, do you believe in him? I'm uh, curious. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. I, uh, Jalen? No, no, Sirianni. Sirianni. Um, I really like, Elliot, the fact that, he was willing to be adaptable last year and turn it over to Shane Steichen, which we'll get into in a second. I think that shows a lot of security in your own beliefs. Yeah. 
he's not a know-it-all. He's not insecure. He's not looking over his shoulder. That's what it tells me. I like that aspect of it. But if I'm being honest, I think they were a very fortunate team with the schedule last year. I, I really do. I, I give them credit for rallying after being 2-5, and five, but I think they were very fortunate. So I think the jury's still out. I think the jury's out on the, on the quarterback and the coach. Yeah, and what's interesting about Nick is this time last year, if you would have said to me, all right, why do you think Nick Sirianni can succeed? It would be because, A, he's an offensive coach. He works with quarterbacks. I, do be- I thought he would mm-hmm. be a good play caller, right? Those were the qualities I wanted in a head coach for the Eagles to hire. I didn't want a defensive coach. I didn't want, like, a leader of men type right. guy. And they, they didn't hire those. They hired a coach, you know, that, that was on the offensive side of the ball, that had worked with quarterbacks. But now as we sit here going into next year, his strengths are actually the exact opposite of right. that. Like, being around Nick for years, seeing how the players respond to him, seeing the type of culture he's built down there. He is a leader of men guy, which is so mm-hmm. funny because a year ago was the, the bad introductory press conference. And then he had, you know, the flower quote and like, you know, this T-shirt, the dog mentality, like all these things that people kind of mocked him for ended up being a strength of his in a way. So that I like about Nick. But where I kind of sometimes get my question in is it's been a full year with him here. And this falls on Jalen, too. But it's been a full year. And we have no idea if this team can pass the ball. Right. And that was supposed to be his strength. Like for as much as we put it on Jalen. It could have been schematic. Like, when they came out at the beginning of last year, they, they were trying to throw it, and they were not able to do it until the games were out of hand, we're yep. being honest. And then the second half of the year, they, they couldn't really do it at all outside of part of the, uh, the game against Denver and for stretches against New Orleans. Like, so the things that I thought Nick were, would be good at, the jury's still out on him uh, with that. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think they can continue to win just with, like, a leader of men type thing. I got to see Nick put an offense out there that can pass the ball consistently and scheme these guys open well you're right we were told this is an innovative offensive mind he might not quite be ready for a head coach but schematically man this guy kills it that's what we were told right and we don't even know about that part of it right now and and so it's a double-edged sword to turning things over to Steichen part of it is great if he feels like he needs to have his eyes on every aspect of the team especially game day I totally get that, and I like that, and I respect that. And I think it's a selfless move in some ways. I agree. Again, goes back to, you know, this guy is not afraid to just delegate, which great coaches will do. There's a a little part of me that says, uh, you know, if if I'm going down, I'm going down my way. Uh, You know, uh, and and I would, if he is such a great innovator and a scheme guy, and and schematically he is so strong, I would probably want him over Shane Steik in calling plays, ultimately. Well, and so it's funny that this week that's this has kind of been a hot topic with him basically going up to the podium and saying, I gave up play calling because I thought it was for the better of the team. Doug Peterson was unwilling to do that. Doug was never going to give up play calling. He was very clear that his favorite part of being a head coach was calling plays. And I think now, you know, when we kind of do the uh, – I can't think of the word. When we kind of look back on the team and why they fell apart – Yeah. Doug's refusal to give a play calling might post-mortem. have been a big part. Yeah, postmortem. Yeah, uh, might have been a big part of it because it impacted who they could hire. Mm-hmm. It, it kept the offense stale. Like, so my thing with Nick is, I do respect that he was willing to give it up to an extent. I yeah. do think that the fact he thought it was for the better of the team is a good sign. But it still comes down to the fact, like, do you believe in Shane Steichen or not? Because now he has a bigger role than we all thought. He's someone that with the Chargers was not that impressive. Somebody that if Nick doesn't hire him as an offensive coordinator, is probably not getting an offensive coordinator job elsewhere. And now he's going to have a big role in how this season plays out. So as much as I believe in Nick and the leader of men stuff, and I do think they can win with them and all these things, 
I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a part of me that's like, man, Shane Steichen is now a big part of this team. Yeah, and he's charged with turning this quarterback into a thrower as opposed to a game manager, which right. he was last year. And that's a that's a big task for sure. There's a lot we're going to get into. We're going to get into what kind of scheme we think the Eagles are going to play defensively, 3-4, 4-3, because there's been a lot of talk about that. We'll get into You and I haven't had a chance to touch on a couple other odds and ends here. The roster turnover in, in terms of the Eagles' front office. Yeah. It has been a lot of people, and it's been deep. We'll get into that. And I, I just want to get your overall impressions in general who looked good, who didn't look good, who stood out to you at the OTAs, because there's a lot of ground to cover, like I said. We'll kick things off here on Go Birds with Tom in Vancouver. What's happening, Tom? You're on Go Birds with Elliot and Rob. Fantastic. Uh, good to speak with you. Nice, nice to have you there, Rob. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. That, uh, I'm, glad, I'm really glad that there's somewhere there to have Elliot's back, because we see now <laughs> where the true loyalties lie of James. Well, yes, you're right. James is officially now, it seems, a high hopes uh, lawyer. Have you washed your hands yes, of him now? Yes, okay. well, no. I'll never watch my end of James. Okay. But, uh, There's a little rift. Good news is Tom is a certified real one. He always calls in, so it's happy to lead the show <laughs> off with him. What's up, Tom? All right. Well, thanks very much. So, okay, there's there's two two sort of buckets here. Uh, I like, Elliot, how you've sort of uh, – I've heard you evolve over the past few days and such in terms of Sirianni, and yeah. now I'm fully on board with what you're saying. Uh, I wasn't at the beginning. I totally agree with all of your points now. In, uh, so that's not so much fun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, what I will say is uh, Julian Lurie, I, uh, we haven't talked about him, but I do think that that's actually a great move the more I reflect on it because I'm looking at the previous ownership of the Eagles and how bad it was, and I think Philadelphia fans should be very excited that this guy is actually going through a proper program and onboarding. Yeah, yeah I, just to pick up on that, the, the last thing you would want is just some guy who was, you know, on an island somewhere, and let's drop him in and start running things. Yeah, I, I would at least. I like that he's going through the paces here, Elliot, on on both sides, strategical and the business side of this thing, to really learn. I, look, is he at a great advantage in life? Of course. Does okay. That, does that breed jealousy? Yeah. Of course. But I have zero issue with him eventually being the successor in the way they're going about it. Well, and I also think real quick, Tom, like it almost makes what he's doing a so little more I've admirable. <laughs> real ahead, concerns. Yeah. I got two. Yeah. One of them is about the Steichen one. I agree with you. And if you look at uh, the Chargers, he was running the ball a lot there. And yeah. the people, the, the fans there were not unhappy whatsoever that he left. And he and had so Justin Herbert at quarterback, Correct. by the way. In yeah, terms exactly. Of running the ball exactly. all the time. Yeah. And now the, the, one, the one point of uh, contention I have is around this uh, lack of training in the, pre, uh, in the preseason. I think it's a big problem. Last, uh, there's one less preseason game. Last year, I remember Sirianni negotiated those walkthroughs and such. There's a lot of expectations on first-year Eagles, whether it's through trades or whether it's through uh, high-potential high rookies. There's the move to the 3-4 defense, which I know you guys are going to talk about. Uh, Cox, we know, was confused last year. And there's a new coaching system on the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. And that's a lot. And, Tom, appreciate it, man. It's good talking to you. Well, let's touch on that quickly, Elliot, because you would think having a guy like Jordan Davis would open up options to be able to change things a little bit in terms of what you're able to do schematically with, with, you know, uneven fronts, even fronts, whatever, however they want to go about this three or five, however. Uh, You still do have Fletcher Cox. You know, you, you, and Brandon Graham. I mean, and Brandon he, Graham, yeah. who clearly, when when he was forced to do that, it didn't work for him. So, mm-hmm. is this just going to be straight rotation? You know, one play could look one way, the other play could look another. 
I think that's what they want it to be. Now that's tough, right? And I think that also puts a lot of a lot of pressure on the the coach, right, to make sure he is scheming this up, right? And I know Gannon is not Mr. Popular in the city of Philadelphia, but it's a lot easier for a defensive coordinator when you go, we have the talent to run a four three, and that line is just going to get after the quarterback organically. Mm-hmm. So I think they hope that that's what is going to happen. You know, Hassan Reddick obviously paid big money to him. Josh Sweat, you hope he takes a step forward. But you're right in the way that like they don't. Outside of Jordan Davis, and I guess it's on Reddick, they don't really have 3-4 personnel. And as much as Reddick might qualify as 3-4 personnel, he was paid to rush the passer. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see him dropping back. I was at practice this week, and it wasn't Reddick, but they were running a 7-on-7. Seven seven. They put Barnett out there, and he dropped back into coverage. Ooh. And it's like, Ooh. I, I, you know, I don't know if that's the route you want to go. Now, they're not going to show a ton in these practices what they're actually going to do. But the idea of this defense being good because Gannon's going to get super creative to me, and I'm one of Gannon's biggest defenders, is like is worrisome. Like they're going to be good if that pass rush is organically good in the secondary plays of their potential. But put, bottom line, there's a lot on Gannon's plate if they're if they're switching schemes as yes. much as they some people may anticipate. Well, especially when you only have six practices too. Yeah. Not to mention that, which we will get into when we get back. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Pressure on Nick Sirianni as opposed to Hurts, like we always talk about. Why is that the case? I am Rob Ellis. I'm in for James today. He is Elliot Shureparks. We're coming to you from Parks Casino outside of the sports book. if you want to stop on out. Some of our friends have stopped by and said hello. Great setup here, by the way. I need one of these chairs. I mean, they my, look in insanely comfy, right? Yeah. I say this every week. And not to mention, like, the wraparound TV. Oh. It's just an awesome setup. My only problem is I may fall asleep. That's my only issue that I would well, be Well, maybe about. back when Girardi was manager, you would have. <laughs> now I think if you go watch that Phillies game right there, it'll be a little more exciting. It's a good point, actually. That's a good point. 215 that's how you hop aboard. I'm Rob in for James. He's Elliot. We are Go Birds. And as Rob mentioned, we here are here at Parks Casino, and that's because Bet Parks is the official betting partner of the PGA Tour. You can go to the Bet Parks app and check out special boosts and wagers to the Canadian Open this weekend. You can download all the new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and make your first bet risk-free up to $750. Me and James talk about it all the time. Great way to get going. You can bet baseball and bet more than just a score. You can bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, strikeouts. And Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your par- right in your pocket. Sportsbooks and casino all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download now in the App Store, the Google Play Store, or at BetParksCasino.com, and you can use our promo code GOBIRDS. Oh, yeah, Go Birds, baby. Welcome back in, everybody. We are coming to you from Parks Casino just outside the Sportsbook, 2999 State Road, Ben Salem, along with Elliot Shore Parks. I am Rob Ellis in for James Seltzer. I, I got a hypothetical for you. Yes. We love hypotheticals we on do. this show. I guess it's more Sports of an either. More of an either or, yeah. yeah. Which number will be higher? The Eagles wins next year or the number that this Phillies win streak ends with? That's great, by the way. Um, so they're at eight right now, obviously, as Jack Fritz well knows, running eight miles this morning. Seven under under Thompson. They are they are eight altogether. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say Eagles uh, Eagles wins. So slight lean. They win today. They're at nine. Like the Eagles over under is nine and a half. I I, I, think I it could am be a, close. I'm in. I'm an eleven ten guy. I. I I'm hope, at ten right now. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I don't see three straight sweeps 
which means there's a loss coming today or tomorrow. I hope you I'm would wrong. figure, but I don't know. I mean, they have the best manager of all time statistically, so He's you would goat. think this, yeah, could potentially keep going. He is run the table, uh, Thompson. That's yes, what he is. exactly. Um, yeah, and, and look, certainly we we recognize what's happening with the with the Phillies right now. If there's a Phillies question, yeah, that, uh, you you want to fire away two one five five nine two nine four nine four. It has been it's been fun, Elliot. I, we were just talking about it during the break. I mean. 43,000 there last night. It had sort of that old school vibe where that place was alive. Well, I also think with the Phillies, like when when they're bad, it's very easy for them to kind of fall out of the consciousness of the city, right? But when they're good, just even like Twitter is talking about them. You go out and people are talking about they're on, you know, the bars are excited again because the game's on. Like as much as it's an Eagles city and always will be and there's nothing like Sundays in the city, there's also something awesome about like summertime bar scene. The game's on. People are excited. Like it's it's just more fun when the Phillies are good. The Phillies in baseball are a companion piece. Like it's there for you every night. Yeah, that's exactly. the beauty of baseball, and, and and especially this time of year when there isn't a whole lot else going on. Yeah, you're singularly focused in a lot of ways for sure. But we are talking a lot of Eagles as well. Two o'clock hour. I want to pose the question to you, Elliot, regarding the rookies okay. and which one will have the greatest impact. Because it's an interesting class in that sense. You have Jordan Davis, but you're not exactly sure how much he's going to play considering the, the depth that you have at that And spot. what downs he's going to be playing. And, and what too. downs yeah. he's going to play, right? Then you have Jurgens, who's essentially a future, if you will. We're, we're here at the, at the sportsbook. It's a future. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a future bet, yes. You have N'Kobe Dean, who you didn't think there's any way he'd be sitting there in the third round. And we'll get into the other, other picks as well. But which one will have the greatest impact in 2022? We will pose... Uh, to you and our and our audience as well, but we're talking about the you know the, the the way this is set up right now, where the pressure lies, why we always seem to hyper focus on Hertz over Sirianni, and there's a lot happening with this team in general. Let me ask you though, one of the big talking points this week regarding the Eagles has been practice time or lack thereof, yeah. and you know Nick Sirianni certainly is a guy who and, and the front office by the way he's not acting alone, he's acting in a, you know in concert with the with the front office. He believes less is more. He believes that you keep these guys fresh for the end of the year. Now, on the pro side of that, we saw less injuries last year than we've seen in a very long time for this organization. Now, you could counter that by saying they got lucky, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different reasons for that. The con side of this is there are a lot of new faces on this team that are going to play significant roles, and choosing to just have six OTAs when you can have ten, choosing to have very short, compact training camp practices as opposed to what some other teams do basically never playing your ones in preseason games you know this is a a, certainly an approach that worked last year but are you in favor of it do you think here's where i stand real quick as far as the injuries went last year i'm willing to give them the benefit of doubt this year because it worked last year as far as that went that's where i'm at so I was never in the camp when they were, look, I mean, obviously you've been talking about this team for a long time. You remember, like, 2018, 2019, 2020, how many hours were spent talking about, all right, here's who's not going to play this weekend because everyone's hurt. They're playing their fifth-string receiver, fourth-string tackle. Running back. Right, so the, the Eagles have seen seasons basically, like, ruined because of injury recently. So if they are going to lean on the side of caution with injury, I can't really blame them for that, right? Like, and I think one thing I hear a lot is this as an analytical decision. It's not an analytical decision. It's a medical decision. It's based off of what the medical staff is saying. I believe that 80% of why they're doing these practices is because the medical staff is saying this is the healthy way to go about it. And I think that, to your point, it works. We saw last year they were really healthy. 
I agree that injuries are luck to a certain extent, but we've seen them try this strategy for one year, and they were extremely healthy. There were not a lot of stickers on Sirianni's cap by the end of the year, right? <laughs> there was like two or three, and that was it. PG like, and PG, Sayamalu, yeah. right, Brooks, right. like <laughs> that was it. So, so they got they they were lucky with the injuries last yeah. year. But what I would say is this: being down at practice twice now, seeing what these practices are like, covering a practice where there's no AJ Brown, no Devontae Smith. The other practice, you know, there was no offensive lineman there. Like, I think they would have really benefited from having a mandatory minicamp. Now, that doesn't mean that they had to go all out and practice, you know, put their their bodies at risk for those three days. But I do think they would have benefited from having everybody in the building for three straight days working out in some degree in meetings. To your point, like, there are a lot of – there's going to be a new defensive scheme. There are new faces on offense with A.J. Brown. Like, and these are the days where you can have, you know, to build upon last year. And I also think, frankly, it's a good way just to, like, check in on who's all in, right? Like, you want to have that mandatory minicamp and see everybody in the building. And I'm not killing players for missing practice. They are voluntary. But it's just not the same vibe when you're running seven-on-seven for the last day of practice and you have Deion Kane as your starting receiver. Like, it's just – it's not the same. So I I think that I understand why why they're doing it. I get the medical part of it. It's probably the, the, the decision I guess I would make if I was running it. But, man, like after covering this team for almost 10 years now, I think not having a mandatory minicamp is, is, is a loss for this team. Yeah, and look, the other part of this is as much as they stayed healthy, Elliot, they started off very poorly last year. And, and did that have anything to do with it because he went so light in training camp? The, the, you know, these are the things you go back and forth with. At the end of the day, if they don't have a ton of injuries and this team wins 10-11 games, we're not even going to be talking about this. They start slowly with this team with a much better roster. Right. And or there are injuries, he's going to get killed for it. But the flip side of that, too, is, you know, we can go back and forth with this all day, but, like, they have a really aggressive offseason. They really go hard in training camp. And then you're starting week one with, like, A.J. Brown's questionable right. with an ankle injury. Damn, Miles Sanders yeah. isn't playing. Like, yeah. you know, so ultimately I think the, the main goal should be get to week one as healthy as possible. Because we, we saw last year, too, as poorly as they started – they still made the playoffs, yep. and that you look—you don't want to go that path every year. You don't want to two start and five. Off, it's rare. You five, can turn yeah, it it's, it's rare. Yep. I agree with that. But ultimately, one of the reasons towards the end of the year, outside of the schedule, is they were just healthy. Like how many games did they play where Washington? You know, I know that was COVID-related, but they're they're starting their four-string quarterback. Like each week, we're looking and saying this opposing team is missing this person because they're hurt. The Eagles didn't really deal with that. Uh, and we'll touch on Washington later. What a complete disaster yeah. they are every single year it's insane i mean it's it's never it's rarely ever even about the team that's on the field it's just everything else it's an important note if anyone brings up the lurie thing like the biggest controversy with lurie right now is is he over preparing his son to prepare correct you know like for every look i get there's lurie's not a perfect owner nobody's perfect could be a lot worse when you look at just that division rival and what's everything going on with that. And be thankful if you're an Eagles fan. It's constant. That's constantly going on there. There's always something with Dallas, too. There's just always something lurking there yeah, with those teams, for sure. for sure. Let's go to Carl in Bucks Cali. Carl, you're on Go Birds. What's up, Carl? Hey, really enjoying the talk. Thanks, uh, I'm a very, very, very long-time Eagles fan. Cried like a baby when we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I'm speaking from my Eagles heart when I tell you right. that Jalen Hurts, is a sufficient quarterback as opposed to an efficient quarterback. He fills the need that they have now because they have no other quarterback. Here's my point. You don't suddenly learn to throw an accurate deep ball. He has never been a successful starter through two, possibly three college teams. He's always been replaced. 
He can't do the fundamental thing that defines a quarterback. Three words. Yeah, but Carl, I disagree with you. He, 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 hasn't, he hasn't always been replaced. Well, who replaced him at Oklahoma? I, I'm not that much he of was, a He wasn't replaced. He, he also was, he was. almost won the Heisman. Now, what I would say, Carl, is you are right that he has areas he has to improve. But what I think you're doing that, that I disagree with at least is you're putting a ceiling on him. Like, the one thing Jalen has done for all of his flaws is, like, he has improved year over year. You look at what he was at Alabama to what he was at Oklahoma, what he was his rookie year with the Eagles to what he was last year. Like, there is a track record of improvement. Now, the things you're talking about, right, like consistent fundamentals, consistent accuracy, I do think those are hard things to learn at the NFL level because it's just the the pass rush is there and all those things. But I think that you're kind of putting a ceiling on him when he has shown, like when he left Alabama, I don't think anybody expected him to go to Oklahoma and be in the Heisman race, right? When he became the starter as a rookie, I don't think anyone expected him to give the life that he did to the team. So I think that there's a chance that he comes out next year and you're surprised by what you see. Yeah, just one more thing, and Carl, I'll, I'll let you get your other point in there. Here's where I'll agree with you to this sense. If he's just an, you know, an efficient, if he's just a solid sort of game manager-ish kind of guy this year, he will be replaced. They, yeah. they will either trade those two picks to get somebody currently playing, or they will trade up in the draft. I mean, you'll, you'll get your wish if that's the case. Well, while I wouldn't want to have a drink with Howie Roseman, I like what he does as a general manager. Uh, He's put together a perfect team to give Hurts a short field on offense, which is what his skill set requires. He could win. This is a 10-win team, hands down, eyes closed, no no attention paid. They could be as much, I think, as a 13-14 win team if things break right. I I don't want them to fail. But this kid, if they win 13 games and go one round into the playoffs, would you still draft a quarterback next year if a good one's available? Well, I, I think, and Carl, thanks. I, you actually had this debate, so I'm going to sort of play off of it. Yeah. I don't think it's automatic if they get bounced in the first round that he's gone. I mean, if it's a 45-43 right, right. shootout, whatever. You know what I'm, you know where I'm going with this. Oh, I've played, heard it, yes. I know, <laughs> I know I, I, and I heard it. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. I bring it up. It, it, look, the defense just falls apart. It's a different story. But if they win... I don't think they're winning 13, but let's go with Carl, what he said. If they win 13 games and lose in the first round and he looks eh to worse, he will not be the quarterback next year. I agree. And, look, 13 wins I think is obviously a lot to ask of, of any team in the NFL. It's just it's really hard to go 13-4. and four, But the schedule's there. They won nine games last year. They sat for the 10th game, so who knows what would have happened mm-hmm. if they played those guys, right? So 13 is not crazy if everything breaks their way. My thing with Jalen is – they have got to win a playoff game for him to be back in 2023. And I would guess the Eagles are pretty close to that, too. Like, yes, we could point to a thousand different ways they could lose in the playoffs. And you could people can call in and point like, yes, if they lose 75, you know, whatever. Right. Bottom line is the roster. We all agree right now. He is the question on the roster. Yes. Right. Like I, for whatever you think of him. We all feel confident in the offensive line. Right. I guess you could point to the defensive line somewhat, but there is talent everywhere else. If they don't win a playoff game this year, I would bet it's going to be because of Jalen. Like, that would be the reason that they lose, in my opinion, right? So if they don't win one, they have two first-round picks. And Jalen would have been the starter for, you know, 35-ish games at that point. They're not going to just, like, run it back with him. I think they would then either draft somebody or take a chance on somebody else. You can't just keep running it back with him year after year and saying, all right, well, now we'll see what happens. It's no coincidence the way that they have this set up, the, trading away the first rounder this past draft to have another one and have two in the, in the chamber 
next year. That's not a coincidence. Right. It all sets up. And look, I, I think they're taking a very fair approach. They didn't overreach Elliott in the draft this year to try and, like a lot of teams, make that mistake with a quarterback. They said, okay, look, we believe in you enough to give you this opportunity and give you more and weapons. for what it's worth, not to interject, but they didn't do it the year before in what was viewed as a stronger quarterback class. Like, exactly. They, they, packed on, they passed on Mac Jones. They passed on Justin Fields, mm-hmm. right? So they have... They have shown a certain level of belief in Jalen, right? So, but we all know what this is. I don't auditions a, a stretch, but you know, but you don't do the things that they did in the off season and set him up the way that they've set him up without there being an accountability. Mediocrity is not going to cut it. Or less. well, and let's take it a step further to kind of what we were talking about with Sirianni. Yes, I believe Jalen has to win a playoff game to be back in twenty twenty three. But also, let's not get it twisted. If they don't win a playoff game, like, I don't know if you're firing Sirianni, but that's a major red flag for Sirianni as well. This roster should win a playoff game. They have every makings of a playoff winning roster. A, the schedule. B, the talent. C, they have playoff experience. That is the benefit for all of the down, the, the bad things that came from that Tampa Bay loss. Made us do the team differently. It was an embarrassing moment for the team. All those things. At least now, you can point to them and say they've been in the playoffs. So when they go to the playoffs this year, and it could be at home this year, but even if it's on the road, they've been in that situation. They've been through it. And if they don't win a playoff game this year, it's an absolute massive failure. And because Sirianni and Jalen are the main two parts of this, it's going to reflect the worst on them. Jeffrey Lurie is not Jerry Jones, where he's just going to keep bringing back Jason Garrett year after year. Right. He's shown you that. If this guy doesn't get it done, if this team fails or disappoints the you know in the scenario you just laid out, yeah, I, I think he may not be gone, but that burner is jacked up on him. I could guarantee you that. Absolutely, That's for sure. yeah, for, 100% agree. Sure. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. I am Rob Ellis in for James Seltzer. He is Elliot Shore Parks. We are Go Birds. We're coming to you from Parks Casino outside the sportsbook, 2999 Street Road, Ben Salem. We'll be right back. Playing the part of James Seltzer, I am Rob Ellis along with Elliot Shore Park. We are Go Birds, Parks Casino, we're right outside of the sportsbook. Great spot here if you want to stop on out and say hi in Ben Salem. So, Elliot, I, on Thursday, I watched Hustle, the Adam Sandler right. uh, Netflix movie, which I got to tell you, my the first impression of it was they did a hell of a job of showing the city off, I thought, so in a positive way. We'll, we'll talk about the movie. Last night, I got in and watched the first hour of it. Didn't finish it, so no spoilers. I'm not going to spoil no, it. No, I mean, that's very generic. But, but I, I agree. The, the first job. hour I saw, like, I saw my street sign of where I live. You can <laughs> tell, like, which way they're driving in the city. Like, yeah. lots of little things like that. Yeah. yeah. I Look, I thought it was, without giving any plot away, I thought it was well done. I thought it was a, a, an interesting storyline. Um, a lot of cameos. Yes. Which I, which I found not gratuitous, but kind of cool the way that they did it. I thought Sandler was really good. Uh, you, you could tell he's a guy who is passionate and knows the game of basketball. He didn't yeah. come off as some guy like this dude's never picked up a basketball. Well, he could, you life. could even tell with just, like, the little intricacies of, like, the scouting and stuff yeah. he did. Like, he was very aware of, like, kind of how this whole thing works. Yeah, so he's, he's a scout slash coach for the Sixers, and he, he's he's mining the fields all over the country trying to find that next guy. Yes. That's not, not only giving too much No, away. it's a plot of it. Yeah. So, essentially, that's, that's the gist of it. I would say this. If I was giving it a review, I would say good. Not great, but good and entertaining and certainly worth your time is the way that I would So my bar for it going in was very low. I I loved Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy. But let's be real. Like, there's a lot of really bad Adam Sandler movies, right? What you you get is like a – you'll get – 
15, 20 minutes, a half hour, which are funny and good. Yeah. And then you're struggling through a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. So I, my bar in it was very low. But I, again, I have not finished it yet. But I think it's been way better than I expected. Like, yeah. even just, like, they're down at the Sixers facility mm-hmm. and, and those type of things. I also wonder, like, you know, they have Maxi, Thibault. Like, come on, Joel. Like you, 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 I was shocked by that. Yeah, there's no Joel in it. Yeah, it, Tobias is in it a decent amount. Tobias is in it quite a bit, yeah. Um, Dr. J plays a key role just going to, to pass Sixers and whatnot. Yeah. But Kenny Smith is in it. Kenny Smith actually not is a very, former Sixer, he's very good in it. Yeah, he is. Kenny Smith. It's a legitimate role. It's not just a cameo for yep. Kenny Smith. And he's, he's actually really good. And I will say this. Anthony Edwards, have you gotten to? So you I've seen. Gotten I've seen yet. come. Well, I saw where he played one on one. He was pretty good in it too. Yeah, he's very good, and you'll see more of him when you watch more. That's all. I'll say. Well, it's funny. I'm, the thing that stood out to me so far is uh, there is a scene where they're talking about what are they going to do with the team, blah blah, and the the owner wants to trade Joel, and it's like that's the big breaking point. It's like maybe the owner's onto something. Maybe he saw that second round against the Heat. You know, like maybe uh, <laughs> they inadvertently, I think, picked up on some of the. Um, dysfunction of the Sixers. Yes, front that office. definitely comes across. The Sixers yeah. do not come across as a well-run organization in this movie. Correct. A little art imitating life, I yes. think. Yes. 215-592-9494. Back to the phones we go. David in Willow Grove. David, you're on Go Birds. Hi, how you guys doing? What's up, David? What's up, Dave? Hi. I, uh, I had two, two quick things. Um, the first is a, a WIT exclusive scoop um, right. that I'd like to divulge. Okay. And then I had a question about uh, Jalen Hurts at, at practice. Okay. Uh, so I have uh, been working on a theory that Joe DeCamera is actually Elliot's father. <laughs> James would love this, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah, 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 sad day for James. What is, this, what is that theory based on, David? So I would say me and um, Joe have some similarities. I mean, I would say I'm a far better dresser than, than Joe. I would agree but, but, I but outside would agree. of that. And uh, that that's yeah. one of those similarities. They're uh, very complimentary, self-complimentary. Yes, exactly. Um, they, they both are not they great like to technology. have outlandish claims about their own physical abilities. Elliot oh. can hit home runs. He'll win the yeah. Kentucky Derby. Well, no, no, Joe I didn't say I'd win, win the, the Kentucky Derby. I said if I had the best horse, I would win the Kentucky Wait, you, Derby. Wait, you would jockey a horse to victory? Yeah, if Kentucky. I had the best horse. Oh I'm made for breeding. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh. Oh. They, they both mess up common phrases with regularity, like uh, also true. behind yeah. baseball. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's on well, fire back there. A lot by worse the way. people Kyle to be compared to than Joe DeCamera. So I, I will yeah, take that, it. That is true. We will, yeah, we're we're going to immediately run some DNA testing, David, so don't yes. worry. Genealogy, all, right. you know, all that good stuff. I, I, I thank you. And I guess uh, Elliot would then be called the nail. Um, or the... <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I want to be the nail in this situation, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then my, my question related to Hertz is I've, I've been really excited to know. How are they playing defense against him? I know it's only seven on seven, but yeah. he was he was exposed at the end. If you play defense heavy to the right, he can't. All he, he likes to roll right, throw right. I know that he's had a lot of completions, but he, uh, in the games he was not very good at passing to his left. Yeah, so I'm curious as to what he's looked like doing that. So it's a great question. Um, I'll be completely honest and say that in seven on sevens, with the reps I've seen, it's just frankly not something that they've worked on with him in those reps. Like, he's basically just been standing in the pocket. There was one play where he, he kind of moved because of a, it was basically a coverage sack, but he ro- he rolled to his right and he just ran the ball. So, yeah, I mean, they have not been, like, forcing him to his left. I haven't noticed a certain coverage to force him to do that. It's only seven on seven again, so it's a little tough to do that. I will say 
the most that most of the completions he has 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 had has not been like the result of broken coverages. Of his four touchdowns, one was kind of Quez got like four or five steps on his defender, and it seemed like the safety was out of position on that one. But a lot of his really good deep throws have been in good coverage. Like the, he's just put the ball. It's been like good coverage, great throw type of situation. So you're right. That's something he needs to work on. I think in training camp, I'll get a better read on how they're doing that with him because there will be line play. But in the seven-on-sevens, mm-hmm. it's just kind of tough. To let, let me pick up on David's question. I, I'm more concerned about the mid-range game for yeah. him than I am the deep ball, actually. I know most people go hmm. to the deep ball. I, I'm, can you tell anything? Well, from- consistent accuracy for 10 to 15 yards, you're right, is absolutely how you get the ball up and down the field. He's had two or three nice plays, I would say, in the two seven-on-seven days I've seen. He had one nice pass to Dallas Goddard. It was probably about somewhere between 12 and 15 yards over the out stretched like uh the linebacker almost had it but Jalen got it to him um but yeah no it's been a lot of like and this is kind of what it is usually in seven on seven it's either like a check down or a deep pass so maybe two or three throws over the middle but nothing that super stood out awesome well, ahead, thank David. you I, I appreciate it yeah awesome oh all right, yep. you got it david thanks man yeah that, that, are, are you with me elliot like uh, most people will reference man he can't throw the deep ball his arms not strong enough to me it's the guy's pretty covered but an NFL quarterback should be able to stick that throw 15 yards or drop it over coverage like yeah. you're talking about with a linebacker. That concerns me a lot more than, than the 50-yarder. So the only concern I have with Jalen's arm is I don't think he has the arm where it's like rolls out, flick of the wrist, 60 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he has that special arm. Like, let's be real, Carson had that arm. Yeah. Carson had that kind of arm, right? Like, I don't think that's what Jalen has. Now, to from the pocket – I think he can make all the throws. I don't have the concern. It sounds like maybe you don't want to put words in your yeah. mouth. But, like, I think he can get the ball on an out on a rope, like 15 yards to the sideline where he needs to. Where I think you're going to start seeing more of that is when he's making better reads and has more experience. Like, that's just part of being an NFL quarterback. Like, it takes time. I think arm strength, we conflate it sometimes with, like, physical strength. But a lot of times where quarterbacks are able to show off their strong arm is they've made the right read, they see the coverage, they see the window – and they get it in there. And so, it's technique. And, it, yeah, and it, it's fundamentals as well. Yeah, like, Jalen is strong. Like, let's be real. If there's one physical strength he has, like, the dude works out all the time. Yeah. So it is not a strength issue. I think with him, it's just he can't do the, the flick of the wrist, 65-yard type throw. But from the pocket, I don't think there's any throw he can't make physically. The reason I bring that up is A.J. Brown, for people who may not be super familiar, like, I think everybody knows the numbers and all that, but he's not a burner type. No. He's a yard after catch, which means – you're going to have to trust him with a 50-50 ball. You're going to have to fit it in some tight spots because he's not going to have the separation that maybe Devontae Smith will, well, which, the, which leads to that's the, the throw I'm more concerned with with Jalen. Well, when you bring it up, like where, where A.J., and he's good at a lot of things, so I don't want to say at his best, but where you see a lot of his highlights is 15 yards over the middle, catch and run, right? Right. And that is not only arm strength, but that's accuracy. Like a big part of accuracy is hitting guys in stride so they do not have to slow down, Right. right? And when A.J. Brown, one of his biggest strengths is run after the catch, the key to that then is, is Jalen going to hit him in stride so he's not reaching back for the ball, which cuts off his stride, which messes up the play that's designed for him to run after. Like, I think Jalen has it it in him to do that. But that is going to be what ultimately decides Jalen's career, consistent accuracy over the middle. No question. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll keep rolling through your phone calls, and I will pose the question to Elliot, which rookie will have the biggest impact in 2020? 22. We are Go Birds. I am Rob Ellison for James Seltzer. He is Elliot Shore Parks. We are company from Parks Casino outside the sports book. 
look, if you listen to Go Birds Radio, you know we love Parks Casino. And right now, Bet Parks is the official betting partner of the PGA Tour. You just go to Bet Parks app and you check out the special bonuses and wagers for the Canadian Open this weekend. You download the all new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app and you make your first bet risk free up to $750. It's not just golf, you can bet baseball and you bet more than the score. You can bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, strikeouts. Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend to all my friends and all the GoBirds listeners. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. The Sportsbook and Casino all in one amazing app. Live in game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. Download now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at betparks.com uh, and use my promo code GoBirds. Hour number two, go birds. Rob Ellison for James Seltzer, along with Elliot Shore Parks. Uh, James and Jack Fritz are doing their meet and greet for the High Hopes podcast uh, down at Citizens Bank Park as the Phillies look to keep it Say, rolling. Home of the hottest team in baseball, pretty much, right? I mean, yeah. the Braves keep winning. Uh, man, yeah, that's the only bummer. Yeah. The, the Braves are on fire, too, equal, if if not more. Yeah, they, they are rolling for sure. But Phillies, 4 o'clock today, Elliot. Looks like the weather is going to break and everything will be yep. fine. Uh, four o'clock today. I'll get you set with uh, with leading off at three, but they have been. It's amazing. You think about it. We go if you go back eight days. That's all it was. Eight days ago, Girardi was fired. Wow, it feels like it was doesn't it? Three weeks ago at this point. It's incredible. I know they won the last game under Girardi, which kicked off the streak. But still, I mean, it is it is such a different vibe around here, and only baseball can do that and flip it that quickly. Well, it's so amazing too. Like. In Philly, we've seen two prime examples of how much coaching really matters, right? Like, the Eagles go, and it wasn't all on Doug, but they were a four-win team. They switched the head coach. They're back in the playoffs. The Phillies, they're, like, dead in the water. All this talent, not winning. Switch managers. They're probably going to be a playoff team, and they're one of the hottest teams in baseball. Doc Rivers, meanwhile, they're still oh. getting bounced in the second round all the time. So maybe not the impact you wanted there, but it has been awesome. And let me pick your brain as one of the authorities uh, of baseball. It's good to have a real baseball person on the show now, you know. James can go do his meeting. Why do I grace. think that was less compliment to me and more of a dig, a at, James. dig at James? Uh, yeah. okay. So are you buying into this team? I am buying. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm buying they're a playoff team. I, I think it's going to be a tough hill to climb to get past the Mets because the Mets have shown they can overcome adversity with injuries and all that. But certainly – you know, even when things were at their worst, they weren't that far out of that third wild card spot. So I yeah. absolutely think they're in contention, and I think they will be a play. Look, the, the one thing I kept getting back to with this team was you had too many established legitimate hitters for it to look this bad collectively. Or, you know what they were, Elliot? They, they, were, they were all or nothing. They were very manic. It was 10. It was nothing. Yeah. They, they, they've been certainly a lot more consistent with the bats. But all year they had gotten pretty good starting pitching. It was really a matter of can they just defend well enough, they're never going to be a great defensive team, and get a bullpen that can be somewhat reliable. What they've gotten during the streak for the most part, it got a little sketchy last night, is pretty good bullpen play. The bats and some of the younger guys are starting to contribute too, by the way, which is big. So I think, yeah, you're right. And also, just for the long run, it's awesome to see these young players contributing. We talked about the Eagles getting playoff experience last year. These players getting, they're not huge at bats yet, but, you know, big at bats for a team that's on a hot run trying to get back in the playoffs. That's good experience for them. My thing with the Phillies was I'm not a huge, like, the manager is a massive deal. I guess in baseball it matters me a little bit more. I mean, you set the lineup, and that, that's kind of it, especially now with the DH. There's not as much in-game management. 
but you look at where they were in the plus minus run ratio they were like a 500 team yep. so i looked at that and i said that's pretty much what you should be the team they're playing the diamondbacks they're like minus 42 mm -hmm. or something like that like the phillies were playing better than i think their record indicated but they were losing close games and girardi was part of the reason for that so i think even just getting competent manager in there you've seen that they're able to string things together because let's be real like the bullpen obviously matters defense matters hitting and starting pitching like those are two areas they are elite in or they should be i should say they've not been up in that to that standard but they have a lot of talent in those two areas so you have that much talent in the lineup and that much talent to starting pitching you put the a regular manager in there and it's going to even itself out, and that's what you're seeing. Yeah, there were strategic things I didn't like about him. I don't think he handled the bullpen. I think that was his greatest weakness. We can get into all that. But uh, the intangible was this team was joyless under yeah. him. They were having zero fun. And I know winning breeds fun. And they're, and they're a team that should not be like that. Like Bryce, right. Castellanos, Schwarber. Like all these guys are filled with personality. And you look, you saw a team that – what's weird is I always thought Girardi – you know, I didn't watch every Yankees mm -hmm. game, to be honest – but he seemed like a guy that would come in and like all the interactions you hear about people that have with him, like he's a super nice guy. But there was something about him in the dugout. Maybe he thought it was the best way to do it, but he had no emotion. And Not it seemed right. like this team obviously needed the exact opposite in terms of a manager to kind of let them be their their own you know, guys, go out there and show that emotion. No doubt. And lastly, and I don't think it's a coincidence, at every turn when Bryce Harper talks about the team's success, he brings up the success of the younger guys. And I think that bothered him that you didn't see more Bryson Stott and Mickey Moniak. I know Moniak was hurt, but you didn't see right. more of the younger guys playing. And I think they really like that they've mixed these guys in. And I know Harper's buddies with Stott and all that. But I'm just saying, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that he brings it up. And it's not a he's not trying to destroy Girardi out the door. But I think he's just honestly saying this is better for us as a team. So as covering the Eagles, I've been through a lot of head coaching firings in my short time, right? Like Andy, Chip, Doug. And it's so funny to look like when uh, Girardi was fired, the Bryce comment was like all time comment in terms of he goes, look, it's on the players, but let's be clear. It's on the manager, too. And he's like, but again, like, you know, we have to play better. But, but again, yeah, there was like, a lot of buts. Yeah, it was very much like, look, we all know what this was. And he was right to yeah, his credit. He was. Let's go to AJ in Texas. AJ, you're on Go Birds. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up, AJ? Yeah, I had a, a question I've been dying to ask. Uh, ESC and James, but Rob, love, love to uh, pick your mind, too. Awesome. Uh, going on Hurts here. So, I know, Elliot, your, your take, or I know you're getting a lot of heat for it on the, the win a playoff game, but mm -hmm. to, to even take it a step further, I mean, I know there's kind of a recipe here lately for winning Super Bowls, and that's, you know, elite quarterback play or quarterbacks on a rookie contract. And I've heard the whole, like, maybe we can get a Dak Prescott-level type play at a out of hurts, but to be honest, I don't know. I'd rather build the roster up even stronger and maybe take our chances with a rookie if hurts isn't even, you know, pass yeah, those I mean, guys, the Chris I, guys. I don't know how much stronger you can build the roster up. Like, not to say that they're, you know, don't to, almost don't want to say the phrase. Like, not that they're the dream team or anything, but like, seriously, outside of adding a safety, like, where else are you looking at this roster and going, they need to really build it up? I think your point's interesting, though, because you're right. It's like either elite quarterback play or a rookie quarterback. And I'm not saying – I think their window is very open right now. They have young talent on the roster and all those things. But Jalen's only going to be on that rookie pay scale for probably one more year. If Jalen's on the rookie pay scale in 2023, then he's probably not the guy. Like, yeah. he's either going to be the guy in 2023 where they have paid him and he's making considerably more money, or he's not going to be here. So, 
you know, the comparisons between 2016 to 2017 with Carson and the jump he took, I don't think it's fair to ask any quarterback to take that jump. It's hard to project anybody to say you have to be an MVP candidate. But, yeah, A.J., you're right. Like, if Jalen takes that type of leap, they will be a Super Bowl contender. And, and A.J., that, that comp is there, though. I mean, Carson's on his rookie deal. That allows you to be aggressive that offseason going into, into 2017. Yep. And how he hit almost every single one of them. Jalen's on his rookie year deal here. The Eagles, it allows you to, to trade and re-sign uh, A.J. Brown and, and Bradbury and everything else that they did, Hassan Reddick. It's a different story. You could be like the Rams and just spend, spend, spend. Yeah, just you and, know, and just no say, salary cap. Yeah, to hell with it. You know, right. we'll figure it out in a couple of years. We're going to get crushed, but who cares? But mostly that formula has worked very well for a lot of teams. Well, I mean, and even to piggyback off what what Elliot was saying, I mean, our, our roster is strong now, but if we go and pay hurt, you know, franchise type money, we're not going to be able to hang on to somebody. I mean, Devontae is going to have a contract coming up. I mean, who's to say we can't? Sign, re-sign a lot of those guys if we are strapped to a quarterback. I mean, it's going to be Dak Prescott-type money. And look what the Cowboys are looking like right now. They have their Dak Prescott. Yeah, but I, and- I think a difference, AJ, is the Cowboys don't manage the cap as well as Howie manages the cap. And Rob brings up the Rams. They're kind of a good example of, like, they are just keeping all their guys. And the two things the Eagles have where, you're right, it is tougher to build a roster when your quarterback has, like, a $35 million cap hit or whatever. But the two things the Eagles have that I think sets them up well to deal with that is A, they have a general manager that's excellent at managing the cap, and B, they have an owner that is willing to cut fat signing bonuses. And when you're willing to cut those types of checks, it's a lot easier to have lower cap hits. So if if they, they, let's say uh, Jalen is amazing this year and they do give him a big deal, I would be very surprised if the Eagles ever lose players because of money. They might not want to re-sign guys, but I think with Howie as general manager and Lurie as the owner, they will always have the resources to keep players. And that's one of the ways the Rams are doing it. It, It's insane bonuses here left and right. Yeah, and it makes the cap hit way lower for two, three years. Exactly. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. I do do love Hurts. I'm a Hurts fan. I just – I'm not one to be – I don't want to get stuck in a Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I know their fan bases might be pleased with that, but that's – you know, I've, I'm more of a, yeah, we got to go all chips on the tape. Let's go yeah. get our, our franchise guys in the next 10 years, you know? No, I, and that's fair enough. AJ, good talking. Elliot, I, 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 you and I have probably talked about this before, but it's weird. to And I get we're in, you know, like black or white, polarizing, uh, hot take society. But I think it's okay to take a step back and say, let me see what Hurts does this year. I don't think you have to have a definitive take just because he's the quarterback that either he sucks or he's the greatest. Like, I, I think we've seen enough to, to, to feel optimistic, and we've seen other things to say, I don't know, but let me at least get a full year here. By the way, in his second year with the same offense, too, for yeah. the first time since he was in high school. Yeah, well, and also, like, what you just described, I think, is kind of how the Eagles feel about yeah. it. Like, when Carson was here, you know, and he was certainly a polarizing figure, the Eagles believed until the very end that Carson was their guy. Like, they believed in the talent. They thought they had their guy. Frankly, if Carson didn't want to leave, I think Carson's probably still here. Like, I think they were believers in Carson. I think with Jalen, and that's why when, you know, people who weren't in on Carson, it was a controversial type take because the team was so in on him. I think the Eagles are at a place with Jalen where there's a lot they like about him. They like working with him. They like the leader he is. They like his skill set. They like the improvement. They like the work ethic. Like, there's a lot to like about him. But I also think if you put them on a lie detector test, or especially Howie, and you said you think he can be, like, the level Carson was at, I don't know if they would say yes to that. doesn't mean he can't do it. I just don't think they know the answer. I agree. Let's go to Ian in Woodbury, New Jersey. Ian, you're on Go Birds. Hey, Rob, Elliot, how we doing? Hi, Ian. What's up, man? 
Good, good. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I've got the good old notes app, so I've been uh, prepping for this call all week. Very nice. Time all week. Yeah. All right. on, on a Saturday. I don't get many Saturdays where i got a break. So, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate you yeah. calling in, man. Of course, of course. Um, so I've got some points I want to hit. got a hypothetical for you, Elliot. Rob, Love it. Love um, it. And some wedding advice for you, Elliot. Oh, perfect. Um, wow. So, I Making know the James most of this call. You better start I taking know. notes, Elliot. Yeah, I'm about to get my notes app out. Yeah. <laughs> you better. It's good advice, so write it down. Um, right. I know James is not here, but wanted to offer my condolences. I know he lost his family dog. Yeah. Uh, dog for people, too. So, so, sorry and, to hear um, that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I got married about a month and a half ago. Um, oh, it was awesome. Thank you. We had a surprise ceremony at our engagement party. It was oh, just wow. fantastic. That sounds um, so intense, but also awesome if you pulled it off. So you, yeah, it was, yeah. it was a surprise. So people didn't know they were going to the wedding. They thought it was just your your engagement party. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so we kept wow. it a secret. That takes um, some guts, man. It's kind of brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. it saved us some money. It was exciting. Yeah, it was new. Nice. Um, a lot of people loved it. So, uh, but it was the second night of the draft. So day Ooh. of wedding, um, we're already we had already drafted Jordan Davis and traded for AJ Brown. So I'm on cloud nine, not oh, because. Yeah. Of course, I'm getting married that day, but, you know. But let's they, be real. It's because they traded for A.J. Brown, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Elliot. So, yeah. um, you know, and then. Priorities, the, man. <laughs> it, 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 I love my wife. I love the Eagles first. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't check my phone the second night of the draft, so when the ceremony ended, I looked at it. We had just drafted Kobe Dean, and yeah. I was on cloud nine again. So, um, great, great day. It was a legendary night. We had such awesome. a. Such a, such a great time. But my wedding advice for Elliot, um, regardless if you're having a sit-down dinner or if you're having a caterer, instruct your caterer, whomever, to pack up an extra meal for you and your wife and mm. dessert for late night. You, uh, so honestly, that is way better advice than I feel like I've gotten from almost anybody else. That is a clutch call because then when we get to the room at you know two or three in the morning, we have food there. It's perfect because you're making the rounds the whole night. You yeah. never get time to really sit down and enjoy. What I did, Ian, that's great. First of all, what I did, I had to make me like I like pasta. Well, who doesn't? So I had them make me a little special nice. setup here for, just for me. Well, it's good to eat, too, because it's like soaks up the alcohol. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be thankful the next day. Yes, trust exactly. me when I tell you. Yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We barely had any chance to eat. Um, yeah. We did not do this, but, you know, coming from our mistake, um, I would definitely do this, Elliot. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's good advice. I'm going to make sure I tell the fiancé that when I get home. Exactly. Leave it to her, and yeah, she'll take care of the rest. So, yes. um, point for Elliot, I love the stats. Keep it up. I know we're on break right now, but I need it. I can't get enough of it. Literally starving for football in June. <laughs> Me too, um, and I'm super excited for training camp to get going. So I am so starved for football. I've been watching Madden simulations of the entire Eagles system like, uh, right. on, on I YouTube. It. I love it. I You've been married a month and a half, and you're watching Madden simulations? There we go, Ian, yeah. I'm a little worried about things <laughs> with you guys. I'm don't, just saying. Don't worry. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Um, all right. Still, Prioritize still, some think, activities other than Madden. That's all I'm saying. Uh, go we, ahead. We, we get our time in. Don't you all worry, right. Rob. All right. My man. Uh, but I still couldn't get enough of that, so I went and bought Madden 22, which is on sale for like $15. Nice, you upload nice. the 23 roster, and I've been playing the whole season. And, gentlemen, I, I, let me tell you something. You know, this is 2017 2.0. Um, okay. Except we can see this coming, the, and the retooling is complete. You know, it would be a disappointment, Elliot, if we didn't win two playoff games. 
That's where yeah, I'm well, at. Well, look, I, I appreciate your boldness with that. I think one is a fair bar to set. But if you're if you're at home and look, if they do win 13, 14 games and they're a one or a two seed, like, yeah, I mean, then if, you, if you're at home in a playoff game, you should win it. Like bottom line. So yeah, I mean, I think saying two is possible. Um, and what made 2017 was so so great is nobody saw it coming. I know, Ellie, you'll say you saw Carson fall in and camp, and that's yeah. a good indicator. Um, but nobody knew what was going to happen then, and that's what made it so special. Nothing can beat 2017. No doubt. But, I, I, good stuff, uh, brother. Good stuff, man. Call in again. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Good good, good, to, good to talk to you. I, there's a lot of Madden going on for a guy yeah. who's been married a month and a half. I'm a little bit concerned on that. Front. So I'm always debating if I want to buy an Xbox. And my fiance is always like, don't do it. You'll never play it. And that's probably true. But hearing him talking about having it and buying Madden, I it's, now it's want almost, to buy one again. You can almost justify it as research. It's a good point. I think with your fiance. I'll tell Rod I'll expense it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You see that? That's it's, why I'm here. Exactly. It's a good call. By I'm you. here to help you. All right. So let me ask you. Uh, first uh, give me some impressions of who looked good, who I don't even know if there is a didn't look good category, but who stood out to you in a, in a positive light or even a negative light yeah. from the OTAs? So I'll take Jalen out of this because okay. we talk about him quite a bit. Um, so who had who has been good in the two practices? Um, first, I would say Devontae, the practice he was there, he had two catches of 40-plus yards. We talked about this in terms of now he's going against – last year he's going against Darius Slay in practice. This year he's going against James Bradbury, who – Maybe it's because he's going against Devontae. I will say, like, you know, he, he's having some trouble with Devontae. Okay. And maybe that's a good thing. And that's the plus-minus of when you talk about practice reports is if the offense is doing good, then generally the defense Yeah, there's always going to be a downside exactly, to the guy who looks versa. good. So yeah. Bradbury is probably on the list of guys where I've noticed Devontae is okay. getting the better of him. Um, Deion Kane, I was joking about him earlier, but he's getting a lot of reps because the receivers have not been there for the most part for the two days uh, I was there. You know, even the day where A.J. Brown and Devontae were, was there, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, and Zach Paschal were not. So, Deion Kane, uh, I believe he was on the practice squad last year, 6'2", 6'3", got, uh, has been beating the team, uh, the defense deep. So, he's someone to look out for in training camp. Um, Kaiser White, uh, who doesn't get talked about a ton because it feels like Nicobe. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's the most under-talked yeah. uh, free agent signing they had, I Well, think. I think probably with good reason when you consider how he's track record with one-year linebacker contract. So I, I understand the skepticism there. But he had a really nice play uh, going against the second-team offense where the Gardner Minshew tried to put it into a tight window. Kaiser White kind of dove, knocked it up, and Davion Taylor mm-hmm. picked it off. So, you know, look, if they get strong play out of Kaiser White, like – that's a massive upgrade because they really do need linebacker help. Um, outside of that, I mean, again, there's not been a lot of line play, so I can't give you anything on Hassan Reddick. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, like I said, the, re- the receivers, Devontae, Jalen, Kaiser White, Deion Kane. Like, there have certainly been guys out there that I think have uh, opened the eyes of the coaches. I would assume, because I've had people say to me, why isn't Jalen Rager there? I-, I know he's gone through some stuff in the offseason. He lost a, a teammate at, at TCU. Yeah, one of, of one of his best friends. Yeah, yeah. so I'm – to me, certainly, there's a pass there as far as that goes. Yeah, I agree. But I don't understand why a Quez Watkins or somebody else wouldn't be there. That That's just puzzling to me. You know, you're – not that he's – I mean, it's a tough part. Like, it's, it's know. you know, it's voluntary and it's personal reason. So, yeah. to your to your kind of thing with, with Rager, like, part of me just, you know, almost just trusts that if they can be there, they yeah. would be there. But, again, like, this is why I think there's a benefit of having mandatory minicamp. And like, personal things still come up, so who knows. But – I just think it's good to have three days where, yeah, it's awesome that l- last week when I was there, you know, all, the most of the, rece- or the starting two receivers were there. 
but it's just good to have three days where everybody's there. Exactly. You know, like Fletcher's there all three days. A.J. Brown's there all three days. Jason Kelsey. Like, I just think there's a benefit to it. I agree. Uh, Ray in Morristown. Ray, you're on uh, with the Go Birds guys. What's up, Ray? Elliot and my friend. What up, Ray? guys doing? Hey, Ray. You know what? I just want to talk and just respond to some of these earlier calls in, in the show. Uh, just, you know, chastising uh, Hurts. It's just, you know, people don't obviously don't know what they're looking at. I mean, look at Justin Herbert. As great as he is, he didn't make the playoffs. This team didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, uh, you know, this team wasn't structured for success last year. Uh, we talk about a schedule that we bought uh, was great, but a lot of those teams, you know, there's always sleeper teams every year. A lot of those teams that we thought weren't going to be good and that were going to be gimmies were playoff teams last year. So, I mean, the schedule is whatever it is every year because there's always yeah. going to be uh, teams on the, on that roster that you're going to think that are going to be a gimme, and it turns out not to be. We better hope that we're prepared for Detroit because this team is not good enough to take days off. Even if you're, uh, like you said, sitting in the room, just having, getting a camaraderie together, I think it's a big mistake that Jeff Lurie allowed these guys uh, not to be there for the full duration. Uh, you know, because, like I said, you're not that good. You're, you, you, you were the beneficiary of a changed regulation that allowed you to slip in and backdoor your way into the playoffs. But don't, uh, you know, beguile oh. yourself into believing that you're, you're a team that doesn't need to, to put the work in. You absolutely do. So I understand, yeah, I understand your point, Ray, about sending a message of, look, we only need six days and all those things. I do get that. I will say, like, you're saying the team's not that good. I think that's probably a healthy attitude for them to have. You don't want them thinking they've already accomplished something they haven't. But also, let's be real, like, the roster is pretty good. Like, I understand there's a question about the quarterback, but, like, the offensive line play is really good. They have, you know, really strong starting secondary. Uh, at least at, at corner. The receivers are good. So I do think they're talented, uh, you know, so I, I don't know if I completely agree with you on that one. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't want you to misunderstand what, what, what I'm trying to convey. I, they, they are a very talented roster. But like I said, based on what we saw last year, last year's team that started the season unprepared, they looked like they got smacked around in the first half of the season and probably the first few games uh, that they scored, uh, you know, were able to get a win against Atlanta. But you look at some of those other games, and it just looked like a team that wasn't conditioned properly. They weren't prepared. And that comes from, you know, getting some repetitions out there on, on the field. And I, I just think this team is new. This is a new roster. You said the yeah. talent there. But guess what? You have to gel. You have yeah, to I get... agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Yeah, and, and I think that part, uh, and thanks, Ray, that part's fair. And that's one of the reasons, look, again, the track record last year was they were relatively healthy. But they do have a lot of new faces, and it does seem like they're even going extreme on the on the on the minimum side here. Yeah, as far as I mean, they they could have ten practices and they're having six. Yeah, so you know it's like fifty percent roughly. He brings up the Detroit game last. I checked this last week. I it may have changed this week. I think they were four and a half point favorites. Not to get too crazy. Last this. year you're talking about. I'm talking about the, the oh going uh, into week one. Week one this year. Yeah, and I know the Eagles hammered them last year. Detroit typically played very close games last year. You know, for, for I pay attention to it because I do you know, the sports betting shows yeah, and those course. kind of things. Well, it's but, a good. I mean, we're, look, we're here at the Parks Casino. It's right. A, it's a really good way to get a read on how good a team is. They yeah. were a great team to bet. My point is, I don't think this is the walkover that a lot of people feel like week one is going to be. So I don't think any week one game on the road is easy. No. It's a home opener for them. I don't really buy into the whole, like, oh, Dan Campbell hasn't playing so hard. 
But for what it's worth, like to your point, they were competitive towards the end of last year. I mean, the Eagles were probably the last game where they really got smoked. Yeah. Like, and let's be real, the Eagles cannot beat the Lions the same way they did last year. The Eagles, the, the Lions are going to come in saying, okay, you, you know, you might beat us, but I'll tell you this, you're not going to run it like that. That again. box will be loaded. Exactly. The box will be loaded. So in that way, it sets up perfectly for Jalen has that, to have that first big game. Yeah, no question. All right, quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll keep uh, rolling through your phone calls. That's for sure. We'll continue with the discussion, and I will, I will pose to Elliot when we get back which rookie will have the biggest impact on the 2022 season. Rob Ellis in for James. He is Elliot. We are go birds i've told you before and i will gladly tell you again bet parks is the official betting partner of the pga tour you go to bet parks app you check out all the special boosts and wagers for the canadian open this weekend and more than that you can download the all-new bet parks casino and sportsbook app and make your first bet risk-free up to 750 dollars you can bet baseball but you can bet more than just the score you bet on individual player performances for hits home runs strikeouts and that's because Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Sportsbook and casino all in one amazing app. Live in game betting lets you bet while you watch the game. So download now in the App Store, Google Play Store, or at PABetParks.com and use my promo code GOBIRDS. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Go Birds, we are live. Parks Casino, Ben Salem, just outside the sportsbook. Stop on out. We are here until 3. I am Rob Ellis in for James Seltzer along with Elliot Shore Park. So, Elliot, your choices for the 2022. All right. Jordan Davis. I'm not going to give you everybody, but yeah. I'll throw Jurgens in there. Nicobe Dean, Kyron Johnson, Grant Calcaterra, uh, uh, not going to pick him for most impactful. Most impactful rookie of that grouping would be whom? So let me make my argument for the top three, and then I'll tell you who my choice would be. Jordan Davis would be in some ways easy choice because, look, he's going to dictate kind of what defensive schemes they play, and that that's quite a, an impact in terms of the, de- the impact he has on the defense. I think they will be more open to doing 3-4 when they have him in the middle there. He's going to be an impact defensive player against the run. My concern with him would be, you're only going to be worth the first-round pick if you are in on third down impacting the passer. That's it. Bottom line. Like, And I think, actually, I, I've been, like, super impressed with him as a leader. Like, I think he's going to be the personality of this team, if not this year, like next year at the latest. I think he's going to be a leader in that defensive line room and on the whole team. But he's only going to be an impact guy if on third down he can rush the passer because as great as it is on first and second down, there's going to be moments in the season late in the year, like, Dallas, Christmas Eve, let's say they're battling for the division at that point. Third and seven, Dak's on the field. If Jordan Davis isn't on the field, then then what are the Eagles doing drafting Mm -hmm. him in the top 15? So he has to be an impact player in that way. N'Kobe Dean, another obvious candidate in terms of the fact that he could probably play more snaps than any other rookie, Mm -hmm. right? I think that he probably won't start week one just because I think they'll probably go with Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. Um, Kaiser White, as I mentioned, had good practices when I was out there. TJ had a really good end to last year, knows the defense really well. So I can picture him being out there. But Nicobe's going to play a lot, and he's an impact player. You saw Georgia. He's around the ball. He, he creates turnovers. He gets after the quarterback. He's a good blitzer. So he'll have that. No one's going to pick Cam Jurgens, and I, I'm not going to. But there is a chance it's Cam Jurgens. When you talk about last year at this point, Landon Dickerson, we were all saying it's a redshirt year. Mm-hmm. He's not even going to be healthy. He probably, I mean, Devontae was the most impactful rookie, but certainly Landon was up there when you consider they won with running the ball, and he was a huge part of that. So no doubt. I would not rule out Cam Jurgens. 
but I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Nicobe. Like okay. it, it might be the easy choice, but you know he's gonna be out there a lot. Like and he's gonna have chances, and I think they really like him and want to use him in different ways. And because I'm not sure Jordan's able to rush the passer, I think Nicobe's probably gonna be the most impactful rookie. So two things off of that. If, if you notice, we never me too say Dean. We always say Nicobe Dean. Have well, you noticed a, well, that? Yes, I agree with that. It's a great point, but Nicobe's an awesome name. And it I think is. that helps, you know? It like, is. Or you just call him the Kobe. It's never yeah. just Dean. Yeah, it's yeah. never Dean. You'll never hear anybody being like, hey, linebacker Dean yes. is starting. You don't yeah. get that kind of insight anywhere else. But, yes. but but the other part is I do like the fact that Jordan Davis, I know some of this is, is he's answering questions he's being asked, but he always he almost always references or at least will acknowledge how important it is for him to be in shape. Yeah. That, to me, there's an awareness there at least that he gets it now this is the dangerous period here because we're talking about about a month and a half until training camp hopefully he's not sitting on his couch just you well know, he said cannolis yeah i was gonna say he said he the one thing he's learned about philly is you can get a great cannoli here so it's a little By concerning the, way, the cannoli I, i'm not a cannoli guy. i don't like cannolis. yeah i think they're the most overrated dessert out i want to like cannolis and i don't like cannolis i always see it and i'm like oh that looks good but then i take one bite and i'm like it's far too sweet i'm not yeah it, it just I, it's so never, is it a red flag that Jordan Davis likes cannolis? That could be a that could be a concern moving forward. The biggest concern that we we've, yeah. we've un, unearthed today. <laughs> Absolutely. <yeah. laughs> Let's go to Rob in Westchester. Rob, you're on uh, Go Birds. What's up, Rob? Uh, hey, Rob. Are you, I love I love your show today. You're doing a great job, both Thank of you. You. <laughs> you guys. You guys have great chemistry. Awesome. Elliot's um, easy wanted, to work with, man. <laughs> Uh, you both are great, and um, we got to keep Jordan Davis away from the cheesesteaks. That's what we got to do, because yeah, he's going to get his hands on some cheesesteaks. Just yeah, keep him away from Pats and Gino. <laughs> well, his mom's an Eagles fan, so I'd imagine they know all about the uh, – Oh, my God. I, yeah, I don't know if that's good that they know all the spots. Yeah. We'll see. But um, I just want to make three Eagles points. I'll go really quick. Number one, um, Brandon Graham. This guy is the ultimate – half full, glass half full. When he got the Achilles injury, the guy comes on his show that next Monday, I think it was the next day, and this guy is positive. He's like, hey, I'm I'm rolling with it. I'm, you know, I'm going to miss the season, but and he's so positive. This guy is amazing. His character is just what a great teammate and positive influence on this team. Well, Do you agree? Well, Rob, I'm happy you, you brought him up because I think when he went down last year with that injury at his age, there was probably a large portion, and I'll be honest, me to a certain extent, that was like, well, this is kind of it for Brandon. Like, he might come back, but he's not going to be that same player. It's just so tough to do after that injury. And, look, maybe it's his positive attitude because you're right. He's one of the most positive people I've been around in any walk of life. Forget just being around the Eagles. But he talks now, and I see him out there, and he's right. Like, it doesn't look like he ever got injured. He does feel fully healthy. And Isn't that great? We, we I'm talk, so happy yeah. for him because he works his butt off probably in that recuperation. Well, rehab. we talk so much about, for sure, and we talk so much about the defensive line and the addition of Hassan Reddick and Jordan Davis. They're kind of also adding Brandon Graham. I mean, they got like five quarters out of him last right, year. Exactly, so if he can come exactly. back and be the same player he was before their injury, that's going to be a major boost to the roster. He swears up and down that the ACL was way worse than the Achilles. When he's gone through both, which is oh my God, strange. It's usually oh. the other way around. But yeah, he, I would he, imagine. He, I wonder how much of that is when he tore his Achilles. Like his career was kind of in flux. 
you know, I wonder right. just how much of that was yeah. mentally. But he said, hey, I'm coming back. I'm not done yet. And, man, I believed him. When he said it, I believed him. That's yeah. the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he's the kind of guy you take on his word for sure. Yep. And then Howie Roseman. I just want to say, my God, you this Mad Mike character, you think Howie Roseman was involved in the JFK assassination. <laughs> I'm so sick of he's him listening a, yeah, to these people. You know, and I'm sick of it because this guy's done a pretty damn good job. You know, he's he's you know he's got one of what 32 GM jobs in the in the in the, in the world in the NFL, and I think he had a good draft. You know, two years ago with uh, Smith and Dickinson, and he's had some good drafts. So let's let's you know let's support Howie. You know, he's great with the uh, cap. You know, and and all that. He's done a day. He's got a Super Bowl, don't it? Just just celebrate him a little bit. I'll there say like go. Doc Rivers, celebrate him a little bit. Celebrate, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's he right. doesn't uh, deserve all this vitriol. Like yeah. let it, let's support the guy. He's doing a freaking good job. He's gotten better, I think, over the years. Let's see him. Let's let's rep, let's celebrate his growth in the job because he's done. I think he's really grown in the job. He's not perfect. He's made a bunch, you know, mistakes. But they all do, right? Yeah. They all make mistakes, right? Yeah, no question. I think, Rob, I think what thanks. Rob's saying is Howie Roseman Appreciation Day. Celebrate him. Celebrate all. The stuff he does yeah. well. There you go. You know what's what's so funny about the Howie thing and the relationship and like how fans view him. So Rob just ran through a bunch of reasons he believe in Howie, right? Like the cap, like the the draft, the last two years, all those things. He literally won a Super Bowl, and people are like, "Well, now I'm in on him because he drafted Nicobe." It's like, I I get that he made mistakes since then, but like, let's not overlook the fact that when you talk about like accomplishments in this city, and actually I'll, I'll throw this by you. I was thinking mm-hmm. about this during my run a few days ago. How many people in Philadelphia sports history, when you consider the length Howie's been here, are more influential to this city's sports than Howie has been? Oh, my God. I mean, clearly, like, look, there's athletes that are all-time players, and I'm not diminishing players. But Howie has been here for such a long time. And I'm not, notice I'm not saying, like, the best. I'm he saying influential. part of the team that, that lost to the Patriots in 04. Yeah, yeah, like, he's been with this team for, like, 20, you know, whatever many yeah. years, right? Won a Super Bowl. I mean, when you're making the list of, like, influential Philadelphia sports figures, it really might only be Jeffrey Lurie that's ahead of him. Well, I would tell you this, too. And it's tough to do. I guess it's apple to oranges with players. There's so much that, turnover but. with with other organizations. But what I will say, too, to your point, he's had the most unique journey I can think of. Yeah. Okay, because sort of starts off as just this cap guy, capologist, whatever, under, under Joe Banner, ascends. He's at the, you know, a, a, a very young GM, the pinnacle of what he wants to be, is shown the door, kind of. He's not really sure. Sh- the door's there, but you're not being thrown out of it, but you're not in charge anymore. Right. Returns two years later, wins the Super Bowl, then has another kind of lull period, and then, you know, he's a phoenix again with yes. last year's draft and this year. It's as unique a journey as I can remember. Well, just think about the fact that he's been here. Think of how long ago Andy Reid felt like. And it he, feels like He has been here ago. through all of that, yes, right? I mean— like, there's obviously been phenomenal players in this city, but not a lot of them have been there as long as Howie's has just because of the nature of their job. Like, it's impossible to play 20 years unless you're Tom Brady. But I you guess, also but. have to have intrinsic trust of your boss. How many GMs survive Reed, Kelly, Peterson, and now Nick? Yeah, I would guess n- no other GM. Right, in any yeah. sport. I, it, it's crazy that it's lasted this long. Let me ask you, speaking of that, there's been a lot of turnover in the front office here. Yeah. And and a lot of, you know, the, any Waddle would probably be the biggest name. And I, I don't want to get into the minutia of all the names because people don't know all of them. Some guys were have been elevated as well, but some new faces also. It's an inordinate amount of guys and gals that, that, have, that have left. So, yes, I think part of that, 
well, all of it, is because they've had a lot of people hired away. Like, they did not fire almost anybody, right? I think Casey, Casey Weidel, Weidel was the one only one. Yeah. That were, they let so, go after their deals were up. So too. this turnover was not, in a lot of ways, their decision. I think because of all the turnover, which, let's be honest, is a good thing. I mean, well, I should say this. It's a good thing that they have they are hiring people that other teams want to hire, right? right? Like, if Howie Roseman was a head coach and he had five assistant uh, coaches hired away one offseason – people will be talking about him like the Sean McVay tree, right? So I think there is some parallels there. Now, in terms of the replacements, I like the idea of promoting within. I think it's good for, you know, office culture. I think anybody out there that runs a business knows when you promote from within, you know, it's good, right? But I also think that as a result of that, there's a lot of people now around Howie that are Howie guys. And maybe he's earned that right. But I also think when you've seen Howie at his best was when he had a little bit kind of a check and balance system mm-hmm. like Joe Douglas, Andy Weidel, like these are guys Tom Donahoe. That, yeah, Tom Donahoe. It, guys that Howie got along with, but were not guys that came up under Howie and that owe their jobs to Howie and stuff like that. Like Alec Hallaby, extremely bright guy. He's probably not where he is if it isn't because of Howie. So you wonder how much pushback there is mm-hmm. in these meetings. I think Howie now has a lot more power and that's people are going to maybe disagree because how much more power can a guy have than someone who's been here for 20 something years? But I think he has a lot more power than he used to now with this structure. Well, I, I think you look at it when it comes to Howie and you say, to your point, it's good. He's hired people that other organizations want. That's great. But, and I also think you, you've noticed it's not a coincidence that they've given the assistant GM title to, to Ferrari and, and Hallaby. Yep. That way they can't take they some other lose gig that yeah. are, that's going to be lateral. But they, they've kind of done that with some of these folks uh, that have left. But I also think that there's a concerning part of this, too, that people know ultimately, like Andy Weidel, even though he, he, he went as assistant GM to the, the Steelers, he's going to be running their draft board because yep. Omar Khan's more of a business guy. They're never going to ascend to that kind of position as long as Howie's here. Yeah, I mean, it's just like an assistant coach with a head coach in a lot of ways, right? Like, there are coaches, and look, let's look at the Eagles. The Eagles have an offensive head coach. Shane Steichen might get a head coaching job in the future now because he's the play caller. But ultimately, like, the offense is going to be, the credit is going to go to Sirianni. Gannon has a better shot at a head coach because he's, he's viewed as controlling one side of the ball. When you work under Howie and you're in a Howie Roseman front office, like, you're not going to be general manager here. Howie is going to have that say. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the reason for turnover. But to your point, the, you know, I, how many years ago was it now? Maybe three or four years where Larry said they thought they had seven general managers on the staff. Like, we all laughed about that. It's not far off. And he might not end up being far off. Yeah, no doubt. 215-592-9494. Step aside. Final timeout. We keep it rolling. Your phone calls, and we'll continue to discuss the Eagles OTAs. And as we gear up here for July 26th, when training camp comes. He's Elliot Parks. I am Rob Ellis. In for James Seltzer, Go Birds Network. All right, final final uh, segment here of Go Birds. I, I, I incorporated network. In there. I was going to say, know. like, Go Birds conglomerate. Radio, like worldwide. Yeah. I mean, look, with the Odyssey app, we are worldwide. You're welcome. So. I'm just yes. trying to help the I brand. I appreciate man. it. That's, that's what you're here for, <laughs> Exactly man. right. I am Rob Ellis. In for James Seltzer. James and Jack Fritz will be doing a, probably in the midst of doing already a meet, meet mingling It's already underway. right now, yes. uh, All right, a meet and greet at Lincoln yes. Financial Field as the Phillies get set for game two. Tonight against the Diamondbacks, we'll, we'll have a game right here on 94 WIP. Scott Fransky and Larry Anderson with a call at 4 o'clock. I'll get you set with leading off 
at 3 o'clock. So did, did you see what Jack Fritz is doing in terms of uh, his, the running? He's Have running. About this? He's up yeah. to – so as long as the streak goes, that's how many miles he does Correct. per yeah. day? So I think he's at 9 now? I'm praying this thing gets to, like, 20. Uh, well, uh, at a certain point, he has to stop, right? I mean, because – No, you the, can't stop. The other thing to keep in mind is it's not, like, 20 miles and then you, you get four days rest. He did, like, seven miles Monday, and it just eight miles. Going. Yeah, and, like, it, it adds up quickly. Elliot, if he stopped at any point and they were still winning and then they lost, the mojo's way it's too – a good point. It's bad I, mojo, man. At a certain point, if I'm being honest, if this was me, you got to start lying. Uh, yeah. Like, 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 let's be real here. Like, here here's the problem. I saw him the other day. He he posts his you know his. Uh, he does, yeah. So that to me, if you if you claim a day that you let's say you did twelve, and it's not, you don't have proof. But think about this: they have if, if they win and they get to 10, 11, 12 wins, that's like thirty-five miles that's in a lot. three days. Yes, yeah. that's a lot. Well, I mean, look, you're in great shape, so you might be able to do it. I'm but. not. No, you know what I do? I I do a one. I there do a, okay. I do a walk run. Very nice. well. Interval training is the best workout. I, although, yeah, but that's just my own. Okay, so it's not interval training. It's more just walking. It's just unpathetic. So okay. I walk, I run, and then I then I close it with a walk. That's usually right. the way. Now you're a straight runner. So I do interval training. I'll do like a quarter mile lift, quarter mile lift, quarter mile lift. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're like you're like dude, I'm getting married in great days. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, spend well, all this money on the suit. I got to make sure I look good. How much weight have we lost? Well, I've been adding muscle. Oh, your tone is what I'm telling myself. Yeah. Okay, so I'm probably about ten pounds down. I was Are you saying. where you want it to be? Let's yes, put it I'm that way. Yes, I'm feeling good. Now we might go out tonight, so who knows how I'll feel after that? But I feel good right now. Now, will you, you, your your wedding is in July, correct? July 9th. Will you be at your target that that day? Do you well, think? You Are you this, on I, pace for? it? I better be. Okay. Otherwise, who knows what will be? You know, we'll have to maybe push it back a few. Days. <laughs> Go to the fiance. Go to like, delay I got, I got three more pounds. I got to lose before we uh, hit that altar. That'll go over really well. I'm sure it will. Let's push yes. it back about. Good three news weeks. is she, she looks great. So that's really all that matters. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right. So question for you. So we have camp July 26th that gets real. Then uh, there's one open practice after training camp begins, and that is at the link August 7th at 7 p.m. Now it's ten dollars. The money goes to Eagles Autism. It's free parking, etc. Yep. However. It's not like it used to be. It's not like the old days at Lehigh or go back to Westchester, people go back to Widener or Hershey back, way back in the day, yeah. where you could have a lot of access to these guys. And let's face it, season tickets are not cheap, or tickets, period, are not cheap. There aren't a lot of people that get a chance to, to get there, and the preseason games now are nothing. The, are, they're nothing. You, they're you, nothing. It's me and you playing. So there's very few opportunities for people to see these guys up close and personal. Yeah. I, like I get why the teams have moved to their facilities away from. There's still some teams who do it, like Steelers and you know, et cetera. But I, I do feel like it's another example where the fans kind of get it in the end here. Well, and I think the the tough part is, training camp is awesome. Like that, you know, like look, the games are one thing. As I said earlier in the show, there's nothing like a Sunday here in Philadelphia. But a training camp is just a different vibe. Like, and then they have the joint training camp practices, which they're are both always on the road, cool. by the way, yeah. this year. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're both on the road. Cleveland this year, yeah. and Miami. Yep. yep, yeah, they bring their 4-0 joint practice record <laughs> into uh, into Cleveland and Miami. I want year. you to continue to track that. Oh, don't you worry. I might set okay. the bet parks over under on how many wins they get. Thank but, you. But, no, I, it, it's definitely disappointing. And also, like, as awesome as the link practices are, and the Eagles do a good job making it an event mm-hmm. for families, even those practices aren't really the same. They're, right. they're shorter. There's not as much field space. So I was only at Lehigh for – Probably two years. I was an intern under uh, G Cobb at the time. So, gee, my man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, so I, I'm not gonna say you know I've been to Lehigh like ten years in a row, but it was awesome with all those fans there when I was there. You know, like seeing just everyone being able to come up and watch practices. So, 
it's just kind of is what it is now. You know, I don't think the Eagles are at fault for it, but I also think it's it's disappointing for the fans as well. Yeah, it is. It, it is tough. There's no question about that. But it is. We're sitting here. I mean, last year the anticipation was we don't know what this is going to look like with Nick Sirianni. We didn't know what it was going to look like with Jalen Hurts. And you're coming off a four-win season. Yeah. So the expectation for me at least was, okay, let me see. I, I had two goals last year. Can I? Let me see if this guy can coach. Let me see if this guy can play. And in a weird way, I still sit here and I'm not 100% sure. I was going to say, I wonder, do you feel like you got an answer? Not really. But the team well exceeded what I thought they were going to be. I thought they were about a seven-win team considering the schedule. I I certainly didn't see nine. Well, Um, I I think what last season accomplished, too, was coming off the four-win season, they fired Doug, they trade Carson. They're viewed as, let's be honest, they are viewed as like a mess at the time, like dysfunctional. Carson forced his way out because it was bad. They fired Doug, all those things. Howie's still here. And then they go to two and five. And at a certain point, they're like in a win-loss area with like the Lions, the Jaguars, the Jets, where if you looked back to the start of 2020, there's only, you know, four or five teams that have fewer wins than them. So I think what last year did accomplish was the Eagles are not, excuse me, they're not the Lions. They're not the Jets. They're not the Jaguars. Like that's not who this franchise is. And that's like, I don't think we got an answer on Sirianni or Hertz definitively, but I think we got the answer of, the Eagles are not going to be that team. What's tough with the Eagles is they have a hard time going. They're very good at going from four wins to eight wins. Right. They don't linger at four wins often. What they don't do a good job of is going from eight wins to, like, ten wins to 12 wins. Like, they have not done a good job building upon success. And that would be my concern for next year. My concern's not the roster. I'm comfortable enough with where Jalen is. I think we know enough about Nick to know that, they can be a playoff team based off of coaching, quarterback, and talent. And this isn't an exit of those reasons, but this Eagles team disappoints when they're supposed to be good. Yeah, true. I would say this may be a little bit different because I think they really hit the draft last year, and I, you know, when the proof was in the pudding with a lot of these guys on the field. This we're, we're still saying, you know, on paper, but I think this draft looks good too. Yeah, that's how you start sustaining this thing. I mean, even in 2017, let's face it. You made a bunch of trades and signings, and, and, and kudos to Howie. He, you can't nail an offseason the way that he did. But was that ultimately sustainable? I know a lot of that was because the wheels came off with Carson Wentz, why yeah. it, got, it went sideways. But there were still a lot of veterans on this team, that team. Even though this, has, this team has a few, Kelsey, Cox, et cetera, I think they're they're starting to build better for the long haul now than we than they had been in previous seasons. Yeah, well, I think the the 2017 team, to your point, the way they won was they hit on a lot of lottery tickets in the offseason. And credit to Howie for doing it, but like he hit on Chris Long, LeGarrette Blunt, Patrick Robinson, Torrey Smith, like time in the AJ uh, Jayajayi trade, like five for five on these guys, right? And I think they've had trouble doing that since then on finding one year talent. But when you talk about why there could be hope for the future, it is that like. Jalen's only 23, and if he can take that step forward, you now look at having an, a, you know, kind of checks all the boxes quarterback guy, charismatic leader, great on the field if he improves, and then not a cheap deal for at least you know maybe one more year. So you do have the pieces that you can build with. It's just a matter of whether or not they'll do it, and that's like the thing with the Eagles. We're here at the Bet Parks Casino, and like when you look at when their over under gets high, they they often hit the under. Like it's nine and a half now. It got bet up from eight and a half. I think over eight and a half was a great bet. I think over nine and a half is a good bet. I don't know if it's a great bet though. Right. Like, you know, ten is probably where I think they'll land. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Look, I I, I think ten eleven is, is realistic. Are they a game or two better than they were last year? I think so. Is it an equally easy schedule? 
I think so. Uh, if, yeah. if you add all that in, and it maybe easier. It feel yeah, but it, it feels like almost every exercise, every equation, all comes back to the same thing: whether the quarterback's going to be able to play or not. That's for sure. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all set up there. Elliot, it was a lot of fun today, man. Uh, it was great hanging already, out with man. you, man. Yeah, we're done. We are Flew done, by. brother. Yeah, you do your thing, and uh, keep keep getting toned up for the I wedding. Appreciate that. Appreciate you will be set. <laughs> Want to thank Dave Breitmeyer right here on site for sure. Back in the studio, Kyle did a great job. Kyle Quinn. As always, I'm not going anywhere, man. I got you set for uh, for leading off with the Phillies and the Diamondbacks game, too, uh, for sure. But uh, to all our Go, Go Birds fans, keep it rolling out there. Keep having fun. Elliot. Man, I've told you throughout the show, let me tell you one last time, Bet Parks is the official betting partner of the PGA Tour. You go to Bet Parks app, you check out the special bonuses and all the wagers for the Canadian Open this weekend. You download the all-new Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, and you make your first bet risk-free up to $750. That's a risk-free $750 bet if you want. You bet baseball and you bet more than just the score. You bet on individual player performances for hits, home runs, and strikeouts. And that's why Bet Parks is the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend to all the GoBirds listeners. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app where odds, bets, slots, and games all come together in perfect harmony right in your pocket. Sportsbook and casinos all in one amazing app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch the game, so you can download it now on the App Store, the Google Play Store, or at pabetparks.com and use our promo code GOBIRDS.